Hello, Mechanicsville Church family and anyone else who may be listening to this. It's good to be with you again on this day, whenever you have chosen to listen to this sermon. Uh, we remember we meet in the parking lot uh, every Sunday at 11, and on Tuesday nights at 6, we would be delighted to have you. We also have streaming um, activities going on, connect group meets on Wednesdays, and uh, we have the encounter service at 5 on Sundays. So I trust that uh, if you want to connect, that you have a way to connect, and this is just one of those ways to come together. Our scripture this, mor- this morning, or whenever you're listening, is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, If need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory." Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls, of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Persecution used to be something that happened to believers in distant countries where Christians were in the minority. We grieved over the suffering our brothers and sisters experienced in places hostile to the faith. We prayed for them, but never thought we would join them. Even as North America followed the tragic example of Western Europe in becoming secularized, we felt somehow immune to harassment. Seemingly overnight, the cultural environment has radically changed. We now live in an increasingly secular postmodern society that demonizes people who live by biblical standards. This culture uses the code word tolerance to impose intolerant demands on believers in business, education, public service, and other areas of life. The Apostle Peter and other first century Christians experienced far worse travail because they followed Jesus. Peter wrote to suffering believers scattered through various provinces in Asia Minor that include modern-day Turkey. Words of hope leapt from Peter's pen as he reminded these churches of Christ's promises. Peter encouraged them to maintain a lifestyle of hope and holiness in spite of distress. Their earthly existence, as difficult as it was, could not compare to the blessings waiting in heaven. Peter's letter reminds us that only Christ can empower godly living in the midst of an ungodly society. Like the people of Peter's day, you and I can meet religious intolerance with grace and confidence as we receive Jesus' power through his Holy Spirit. In his strength, we sojourn through this life as strangers in a foreign land. We are merely passing through on the way to enjoying our true citizenship in heaven. 
In the meantime, God's word calls us to live for Jesus in such a way that glorifies him. Since September 11, 2011, America has lived under a cloud of concern. Rising crime also creates an atmosphere of anxiety. Christians have an additional challenge, hostility by a culture increasingly opposed to our faith. In these past few challenging months, we have seen a rise in concern because of a global pandemic. Our lives have been turned upside down, and we struggle with the anxiety and fear this creates in us. Peter's letter shows us how we can live securely in all times through our relationship with Jesus Christ. Peter wrote this letter to fellow believers of the first century to give them hope in the midst of perilous persecution. Many of these Christians lost their jobs, homes, and families because of their faith in Jesus. Some had been killed in cruel ways because they maintain that Jesus rather than Caesar was Lord. In the opening 12 verses, Peter encouraged believers to have hope through Christ. In the one who overcame death, we can find security for life. Despite a hostile society, we can live securely because of Christ's impact on our lives. Instead of focusing on our problems, we must follow Jesus who overcame the world. Our identity in Christ gives us endurance, as we see in verses 1 and 2. In his greeting, Peter began his letter by laying out a solid foundation of hope. His opening words hint at the first principle for security in a secularized society. He identified himself no longer as Simon the fisherman from Galilee, but as Peter, the apostle of Jesus Christ. His identity was not based on his family heritage, but on his response to Christ. His family named him Simon, but Jesus renamed him Peter, the rock. No longer Simon the fisherman, but Peter the apostle. Two, Peter's purpose in life no longer revolved around his earlier vocation, but on his calling in Christ. He has been a commercial fisherman. Along with his brother Andrew and two partners, James and John, Peter provided for his wife and mother-in-law with their boats and nets. His security had rested in his ability to catch fish. Any interruption to his business was unsettling. One day after fishing all night without success, Peter realized his security could not depend on himself. You see, we are chosen by God. Peter was to become a fisher of men. Jesus made Peter an apostle, meaning one who sent. Jesus commissioned Peter and the other apostles to bear his good news so people might meet him and be saved. As a fisherman, Peter relied on himself. Jesus gave Peter a new reason for living. By following Jesus, Peter would, be, would as an apostle, be depended, dependent solely on Christ. He found security not in his abilities, but in Jesus. Too many Christians become frightened by cultural challenges because they do not have a firm understanding of who they are. If our identity is, is Dependent on our jobs, threats to our employment not only create concern about providing for our families, but they jeopardize the core of our being. On the other hand, if our personhood finds its foundation in Christ, we are less likely to be intimidated by vocational uncertainty or social unacceptance. We are set apart for obedience. The Spirit of God sets believers apart for obedience. The word translated the sanctifying works of of men are uh, works mean, uh, mean to make holy. 
Holiness does not equate to sinless perfection on this side of heaven. It involves our obedience to God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Just as sanctification cannot be accomplished by human effort, even so obedience requires the enabling of God's indwelling spirit. We are given grace and peace, according to Peter. Sanctification is part of the grace and peace that God multiplied to the persecuted believers. Because of our new identities and purposes in Christ, we can be secure in spite of a hostile environment. Just as the early Christians realized they were pilgrims passing through the cruel culture of the first century, even so, we do not belong to this world. We are on our way to glory because of Jesus' blood that was shed for us. In verses 3 through 5, we see our acceptance of Christ's work gives us hope. He has given us new birth through his resurrection. God has given believers new life, resulting in an inheritance of hope. Peter urged the discouraged believers to praise the Lord for what he had done for them. They might not feel thankful for their circumstances, but they could exalt God with praise and worship. Transforming one's attitude does not begin with new emotions, but by gaining a new perspective about God and the blessings he gives us in Christ. And this results in a living hope through Jesus' resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead provided the means for new life. Because of the wages of sin is death, the penalty of death had to be paid for salvation to be possible. Jesus not only died for our sins, but he was raised for our justification. Without Jesus' resurrection, we would still be in our sins. However, because Jesus rose from the grave, believers not only can receive salvation, but we also can know God's resurrection power even if we suffer for Christ's sake. Finally, recall the results of God's work. Peter fortified the believers by reminding them the new birth results in a living hope. Just as Jesus rose from the dead and is alive today, even so our hope is alive in him. The Christian concept of hope is not mere wishful thinking, but comprises complete confidence in a risen Savior. We can find confidence and hope in the risen Lord, even through the circumstances we face today. And this results in an inheritance. The new birth also resulted in an inheritance. Being born into God's family means we share in the inheritance of Christ. Peter painted a word picture of our inheritance in Christ. Unlike a human bequest that can be lost or stolen, believers' inheritance is imperishable. It is also undefiled or uncorrupted. Just as Jesus died by never, but never saw corruption, even so his legacy remains eternally unblemished. It not only lasts forever, our inheritance is unfading. It never diminishes with time. Some of Peter's readers might have protested at this point, looking at their current cries. They might legitimately have asked, where is this inheritance, Peter? He acknowledged that God's inheritance is not of this world, but is kept in heaven for us. Jesus instructed his followers not to invest their treasure in earthly things, but to focus their values on heaven. Our security lies not in bank accounts and powerful positions or even good health. Our security rests in what God has done in Christ. He has deposited our inheritance in heaven's bank and sent his Holy Spirit as the down payment of the wondrous joy we shall experience in his presence.
He continues to care for us. Peter wanted the believers to recognize they were being protected even though their circumstances were severe. God was with them. They were protected by God's power, preserved for God's pleasure. Our faith in Christ gives us joy as we read in verses 6 through 9. Peter encouraged the people to accept this truth through faith. Too often we believe only what we see, hear, and experience. His people might not have been able to see what was in store for them, but in the meantime, God would be with them, strengthening them, and lifting them up with his right hand of righteousness. If we believe God, we will rejoice even though we struggle for a short time. Their pain seemed endless, but it was brief in reference to what God prepared for them in eternity. We rejoice in spite of struggles. The security of our salvation through Christ gives us great joy. Peter commended the believers for two important aspects of their saving relationship with Christ, their love for Jesus and their faith in him. Although these Christians had not seen Christ, they loved him anyway. We have faith resulting in praise of Christ. In 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8, now the world condemns us, then Christ will crown us. Now the world rejects us, then Christ will raise us. Now the world ridicules us, then Christ will reward us. We love him although we do not see him. We anticipate the salvation of souls. Our salvation in Christ gives us grace and joy. This joy is glorious because it reflects the glory of Christ. The gospel of Jesus is good news of great joy. He wants us to enter into his joy. Joy in Christ gladdens the heart beyond anything this world offers. It allows believers to live in happy victory despite the harassment of a hostile culture. Later in his letter, Peter urged his readers to rejoice even as they suffered for Christ's sake so they might experience great joy when he returns in glory. The grace of God in Christ gives to us hope in the midst of persecution. This grace was prophesied, revealed in Christ, and received by those who believe. Peter encouraged the careworn Christians that they could have security in Christ even though they were scattered throughout a world that was hostile to them and their Lord. They could be secure because of their new identity in Christ. They could be secure because of what God had and done and was continuing to do in their lives. They could be secure in spite of suffering all kinds of deprivations because of their faith. They could be secure in their salvation because God who saved them would remain faithful to them. We too can find encouragement in Peter's ancient inspired words. His letter peeks through the centuries into our current circumstances and addresses our need for security in a secular world. We may be discouraged and confused. We might suffer because we follow Jesus. Through it all, we can live faithfully because Jesus who died for us and rose again will soon return in power and glory. In the meantime, we can rest as his spirit empowers us to live securely in him. These words are of vital importance, particularly in this day and time when we deal with the insecurities of what we face each day. Shall we pray? Gracious Lord, we are thankful for your servant Peter, for his words of assurance and hope, for his words of faithfulness. Help us, Father, to have faith in you. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.